Defend yourself to me. Defend yourself to me. Tell me why you like the shit you like. Defend yourself to me. Now defend the solo. Defense with Joey Bergrin. Hello, welcome to Defense Podcast about Things, episode seventy seven zero. Happy about that. Get a little closer to that, Ben. Uh, I'm kind of sad I wasn't on episode sixty nine. I know, miss <laughs> it that much. Uh, I should just name number every single episode should be just sixty nine from now on out. Yeah. That'd be fun. Sixty nine plus one. Ooh, there you go. 69 plus, plus two. two. Just keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until you hit 420. Like soccer when it goes into overtime. Yeah, exactly. I don't know the rules of soccer. <laughs> but I know the clock stops at 90 and then they add the penalty time. You know, I should know because I got really, really into the World Cup back in 2010. I was like obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know shit about that soccer. That was the year everyone got into the World That's Cup. That's so true. There was one year where it was like, What? When did we all decide? We to do all this? care about soccer. And then the one after, they're every four years, two Ye- years, four years. So it would have been twenty fourteen was yeah. also a math. Bit, <laughs> <yes. laughs> twenty ten plus four. Yes, uh, same style. Um, my guest today, I'm very excited to have her, is a podcaster, mm-hmm. a comedian, mm-hmm. a drag queen. Yes, God. I actually should have asked how. To, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> Uh, it's I, uh, it's Seabold. Okay, that's yeah. right. But it could have been Seabold. It could have been Seabold. But I wouldn't like. You that. know what? They messed up at my college graduation. I wrote it down phonetically: Seabold, like mm-hmm. just S E E dash bold. It's that easy. The woman that called me up to the stage went, Caitlin Sebold. And I was like, that is, how do you fuck <laughs> that you up? Where did you put the accent? That's I, the problem. Because the dash. I was like, I should have just foregone the dash, uh, taking the blame. But it was S-E-E dash? Yeah, just, you know, because I, I, when you put S-E-I, technically in German it should be Seibold. Because mm. when the I is after the E, that's the Before vowel that gets. Yeah. Neighbor in the way. <laughs> yeah. Or at least that's what I was told. I just realized I could possibly be making that up but, but whenever someone writes something phonetically you just read the exact word that's exactly written s-e-e is with art without C question c bold. c bold. or i guess you could have gone the letter c, c- but that might be cuh <laughs> yeah <c-bold. laughs> it's a bold no caitlin is your first name by yes the way. my name is caitlin, caitlin. <laughs> is our guest today I'm happy to have you. You host the almost famous podcast with our dear friend alex warheit yes friend I of the do. show yeah um I like that podcast. Thank you. I love <laughs> talking to Alex about it off mic, and he's just, it seems like you pull a lot of the... <laughs> oh, I do everything. <laughs> uh-huh. No, but Alex does give me a lot. Like, he's so funny that, and I'm a control freak, so it's not that I don't trust him, per se, to make executive decisions about what should and shouldn't be in the show. I just feel like he has better things to do. <laughs> Like he's, I mean, not better things, but like he feels like he has better things to yeah, do. There we go. Yeah. That's what it is. And um, he'd have to learn how to do all of that. And I'm just more take charge. And I'm kind of a, you know, I'm the mom friend. So I'm like, I'd rather just do it myself, get it right. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's a lot of work. Um, but I always, I'm always happy with the end product. And uh, you know, it's funny. 
because you listen to it and Carolyn listens to it. Mm -hmm. And when I first met you guys, it was outside UCB. And like I'd heard about, obviously, I knew you guys as yeah. being on Cobbler, but um, the first time I met you, it really hit me like, oh, you've heard like hours of me talk about myself. Some things maybe I shouldn't be openly talking no. about on air to people. <laughs> All I know is that, like, Alex really cracks you up. <laughs> he does. He makes me <laughs> laugh like Wilfred Brimley. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm always like, <laughs> I've always been saying, too, this is, <laughs> I'm like, I need to find, like, the man of my dreams needs to be somebody who makes me laugh as hard as Alex makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Alex is the man of your dreams. I think, uh, well, we've made a pact. Like, if we're in our 40s and we're still single, we're getting married, baby. Good. Get that tax break <laughs> tax break and also a sick dance party where we will be playing 90s jams we'll get our britney in there like we have everything figured out <laughs> i'm sure it's been heavily discussed we, we talked about it on the show at one point uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there it's out there alex and i'll have our wedding it'll Wait, be beautiful why uh, i gotta pull back for a second okay. you said you want someone to that he makes you laugh like wilford brimley yeah <laughs> i only know wilford brimley from the thing where he does not laugh <laughs> or like the diabetes, diabetes commercials <laughs> where he's mostly not laughing i think it's more like what i would imagine wilford brimley sounds like when he okay. laughs you know because he's, he's got now that, dead like, but oh <laughs> <I think. laughs> that's true <laughs> But he, I'll have to find somebody who's made him laugh. He I, must have laughed at one point. He, I feel like he had like an uproarious like kind of laughter because I don't know. No, no one with that kind of mustache would be you know really quiet. Yeah. Every time you described how he would laugh, you kept gesturing to like the mustache region, and I knew it had something to do with that. <laughs> it's all about the mustache. Keep wiping towards that, your face. I feel like there's great power behind that mustache, yes. and behind that great power, big guffaw. Mm -hmm. But that's, not anymore because all those follicles. Uh, well, hair keeps growing, doesn't it? When you're no, dead? that's actually just a myth because you're you're decomposing, but your hair isn't, so it just looks like it's growing because you're like. Uh, but the rest of you is getting of sucked up by the dirt. <laughs> yeah, Ew. exactly. What about nails? Do they say the same too. They, yeah, Don't they, they should... say it grows. Oh God, my nails are a little dirty. Um, that's not where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked down at them. You're no, dead, because right? <laughs> yeah, no, because you know you're the whatever this part is cuticle. Cuticle. Thank you. I went to cosmetology school for two months. You think I could pull that together? But like your cuticles will recede, and so it'll look like your nails are getting longer. Definitely, right now, cosmetology school. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go right into it. Oh, uh, I've lived a lot of life oh, in my can short we time. Talk about it? <laughs> well, here's the thing: is um, when did you graduate college? 2012. 2012. Okay, I graduated in 2009. Okay, right when the economy was fucked like into the dirt fucked like mm -hmm. it was not a great time to be looking for jobs mm -hmm. and i was an english major and when you're an english major and i think any sort of like artsy fartsy major or whatever you get told like oh what are you gonna do with that like what are you gonna do with your life right that like, didn't stop by the way that doesn't no it doesn't <laughs> yeah. stop um it never does but i've accepted it um and so i for a long time had this like what am i doing like I, I'm just going to give up on all the old stuff and do something that, like, I can go to a trade school for and then, like, have job security. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I like makeup. I like hair. Maybe I can become, like, a, you know, beauty stylist to the stars or something. Like, my dream has always been to end up here and, like, be famous somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, maybe what's, like an easier route which is like just to be around famous people and do their makeup that's like sure. that's what my plan was and i got into cosmetology school like two months in i realized like i'm 
bad at this. I'm not good at cutting hair. I'm not good at styling hair. I don't even like their makeup. Like, Interesting. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It was a Veda, so it was very, you know, fancy schmancy. And, you know, their makeup is, like, not that great. And I wasn't, like, learning a lot of, like, cool makeup stuff. Um, it was Chicago. I don't think they have anything geared towards like special effects makeup schools mm, like they do right. out here um and yeah and i was like i should just put the kibosh in this because boy oh boy I, I keep starting things and not finishing them that was like the first big sure. one <laughs> i feel like that's what we all struggle with yeah. uh starting but not finishing yeah <laughs> and that's all right you know you yeah find something you didn't not finish you decided hey I'm going to get off this sinking ship. Exactly. And another thing that was bothering me, too, is I realized, like, if I am a uh, do hair, I'm going to be on my feet all day. That's true. I have lower back problems, and I'm, like, really scared of getting varicose veins. It's, like, a really stupid anxiety of mine. <laughs> and something that was I was told was, like, you'll probably get varicose veins. And I was like, oh, shit. Am I that vein that I'll, like, quit school because I don't want to get varicose veins? That is crazy, though, that a fear of yours was explicitly said, like, hey, you'll probably get yeah, them. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I just see them and I get, like, Ugh. I don't know. There's just, like, I have a very physical reaction to seeing varicose veins. And mm-hmm. I, they're nobody's fault. And it's not, like, no shade if you have them. Sure. It's something you deal with. But when I see them, I'm just like, okay, I got to go the other way. (laughs) They like gross you out. Yeah. On other people too. I mean, when I see them, I'm just very taken aback, but I'm not, I don't shame anybody. for. What about like stretch marks or like other, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a blemish, I guess. Well, I have stretch marks. Um, Everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. And so those don't bother me. I remember seeing something online that's like, your stretch marks are like your tiger stripes and you're powerful and strong and blah 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 and I was like no bitch it's called gravity <laughs> like <laughs> I know you're trying to be all proud of like whatever but calm down it's... I've seen that too I think it's more for like mothers yeah <laughs> uh, true it's not true. just being slightly over <laughs> <laughs> or like growing up yeah I mean I have stretch marks from when I was like a, a young tween and I was growing I still like I, I I remember looking down at them and being like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Yeah. Nobody told me about that. I discovered mine in college. And I was like, what? Am I sick? What I would, Yeah, I'd stare at my inner thighs and I'd just like take my skin and like stretch it and then let go. And I'd be like, why is this happening? Nobody, <laughs> nobody told me that this uh-huh. is what bodies do. <laughs> it's life, huh? So, I mean, yeah, I don't. But so the specifically varicose veins. Are yeah, the, that's what... it's because like I think about how they're deep in there, and you know, there's like ways to get them out, and I think about all that stuff, and I just like Ugh, I don't know why <laughs> I just go down this rabbit hole in my head. Sure, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> totally normal, <laughs> incredibly normal. Were there any other post cosmetology like short term pursuits you thought of? Well, like, trade wise, not trade wise. I did go to grad school for a year, which I have talked about on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, again, it came from this place of like, okay, I'm educated. I have a degree. I'm not getting a job that mm-hmm. like my, I continue to have periods of time where it's like, I'm working this job and then I get too overwhelmed because I also deal with mental illness, which I'm pretty vocal about because I like to like remove stigmas and all that. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, I'm really brave, Joey. <laughs> but America's veins, gross. gross. Get them <laughs> Cover your legs. Put that shit away. <laughs> I do not want to see it. Um, no, you know, if I'm working a job that I don't like or if I'm working too many hours, it takes a very big toll on me. So I was like, I'm clearly not 
work working okay out in the real world Mm -hmm. you know outside the world of academia and i was like you know what maybe i'll go back to grad school stay in that field become an academic become a professor at least i'll be the center of attention to some people (laughs) i'll be forced you know exactly exactly You get to punish people if they before don't pay attention. I, before I even gone, I should have been like, this is still all about you wanting to be the center of attention. Don't do it. That's okay. <laughs> but again, like, I'm glad that I went because I realized I didn't want to be there. And sure. I pulled out early so that I'm only drowning in $50,000 of debt as opposed to like a hundred or $150,000. Right. Like, you know, because I was like, I'll get my PhD and blah, blah, blah. And then I got to grad school and it's all bullshit. Right. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, man. It's so alienating, I, at least for academics, I think, in uh, the arts. You know, mm-hmm. I was doing English with a concentration in cultural studies. And man, it, a lot of it is like, okay, how can I write a paper that's so dense Nobody can understand it, but because they can't understand it, they're all pretending to understand it. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh. laughs> yeah. And then if people disagree with each other, instead of like having an out and out, you know, like, let's talk about this, let's bro out and figure out what the problem is. It's mm. like, oh, great. Now I'm reading this rebuttal and this re-rebuttal and all of these arguments and these academic papers. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah get out go go outside and do something <laughs> that's not fun <laughs> i can't yeah that. yeah and i was i ran into a professor from grad school she was out here mm-hmm. she like went to usc and uh and transferred to teach there and i did not recognize her at first because i had her for less than a semester because i dropped out and the last thing i would have thought is that she would be in los angeles at a feminist arts arts well no feminist arts space does make sense (laughs) but it was just weird to see her in hollywood like completely out of context and i was running the bar quote unquote at um this feminist art space called junior high uh because i have a friend who works there and does comedy there a lot so i was like tendon bar and she was like do i know you and i was like nope (laughs) (laughs) as you're wiping the table though yeah i was like absolutely not yeah (laughs) i don't know you at all my man and she was like no i feel like you were a student of mine and i was like thinking back to college and i was like okay i went to skidmore okay it was super duper white i had one black professor it was a man this woman i've never seen her before in my life in an (laughs) academic setting and then she was like yeah george mason i was like oh my god of course i blocked out grad school that's how bad it was Uh, that i forgot that i took a class called contemporary african-american literature studies good yeah yeah and uh and i was just like oh yeah it's it's you i was your student i dropped out of your class (laughs) (laughs) i left yeah (laughs) i'm so sorry another (laughs) old-fashioned but i was like you know what i looking back on i was like appreciate george mason for having a very diverse faculty because skidmore was so white that i was like trying to remember i was like where are there black people at skidmore (laughs) um and like thinking back on it, I was like, I know one girl who was half black. <laughs> there you go. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's how white Skidmore well, is. Well, probably good you went to grad school. Yeah, though. exactly. And you live in Los Angeles. Yeah, too. now I'm in a much more diverse yes, place. It's good. like way better. I have to say, for a professor to recognize a student mm-hmm. seems pretty rare. I, the other way around, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But. I was so taken aback because, I mean, I have a terrible memory anyway and i smoke a lot of weed so that like definitely has a huge effect on me sure. <laughs> like i i can't remember like, i saw somebody else's car they had the same car as me parked in the parking lot 
at Macy's. And I walked out. I know I walked out and I was like, I don't remember parking there. And then I was like, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm over here. I was genuinely confused. Like, get is, a bumper sticker. <laughs> huh? I do. I have a feel the burn bumper sticker. No. I didn't see it. And I was like, did someone take my, <laughs> did someone take my magnet? Okay. Well, if it's a magnet, I guess they could. Get a, uh, one of those toppers, on a, like the antenna topper. Oh, God. Yeah, it, I should, but it can't be something embarrassing like a minion or something. It has to be like, Caitlin, you asshole. Like, this is this your is car. This is your car. Yeah. This is your car. Have like an arrow that points down. Yeah, right. <laughs> this one. <laughs> I felt like such a fool. But also, I was. it was more along the lines of like, I can't believe somebody else owns a yellow two-door Hyundai Accent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that is kind of a right? standout car to exactly. have two of them. Yeah, in the same parking lot. Mm. I was like, kismet. Where's my meet cute? Is this you just where waited I... by the car until it <laughs> exactly. came out. We're friends now. <laughs> exactly. It's a true story, true love story. Um, what a beginning that would have been. I know, right? But that's okay. Eh. Um, I want to get into your topic because sometimes I sit with a guest and they like, we hash it out, try to mm-hmm. feel out like what'd be a good topic. Sometimes we just shoot the breeze the whole time. Yeah. You came in with something that I'm very interested in because you had it in the chamber. Yep. Go ahead. I've been thinking about it a lot, actually. And at first, and I brought up JP's episode about cutting yourself off emotionally earlier. Um, For the show, John Paul Green? Yes. Um, I brought that up because that's kind of the episode that sort of like inspired my thinking about wanting to bring this in because at first I was like oh I want to do a direct rebuttal like opening yourself up emotionally is the best right but I recognize that that's not necessarily true and it's the flip side is there are pros and cons to living that way Mm -hmm. you know being really emotionally vulnerable definitely opens yourself up to being hurt more so like when jp brought that up i was like of course like Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense but the whole like cutting yourself off thing i was like ah god i can't do that and then i thought more and more why and it's like because i am and always have been an eternal optimist and i think walling yourself off and and cutting yourself off emotionally from people doesn't jive with optimism right because you're already admitting there's something out there that could hurt me <laughs> right so it's, a, it's playing defense and you're already expecting something to attack i guess exactly and i'll admit it's a lot easier to be optimistic when you're a white girl living in southern california sure, yeah, <laughs> you uh-huh. know and not like i don't know being bombed in syria or like living in guantanamo bay against your will like it's a lot easier to be optimistic when right. you have like certain needs that are being mm-hmm. met you know maslow's hierarchy of needs and all of that right. stuff um, but I also have, you know, watched miraculous, you know, stories, documentaries or whatever about people who are living the worst life and yet still find a way to be optimistic. And then that always ends up being like, oh, my God, she had no arms and no legs and everything was terrible. But like, yeah. she still like and thought she's about a professional <laughs> snowboarder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but against all odds, you know, and, and when you hear stuff like that, it's so easy to just be jaded and cheesy and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, but this terrible thing is happening in the mm-hmm. world. But it's like also a great thing is happening in the world. Right. Even just like getting to be here and like getting to do a podcast like that's just like a fun thing that we get to do why not be happy about that instead of being like oh well i had a panic attack yesterday like like am i gonna wallow in it yeah exactly (laughs) because yeah what's the point that's how i feel too it's always like if 
you're not going to feel any better wallowing. There's exactly. this. E- it's easy to like let that stuff seep into your mm-hmm. brain and just think about it. And like, I I'm always of like, if something's really bummed me out, I'm like, I'm just going to be sad for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, just let me have this. I'm going to sit to myself. I'm going to listen to sad music and just like get through it. And then like move on because yeah. what's the point maybe do some crying well crying yeah, always helps you're gonna say crunches you're no. Gonna <laughs> Dude, yeah. no i'm i mean my crying might as well be crunches because i'm just like full like <laughs> just working the abs like out. really go for it sure. i love crying crying feels it's so good to it's get nice. all that stuff i like out. to get a good cry in like every so often yeah and it's gotten to a point where i'm like mm, I, should, I could go for a cry <laughs> I'll schedule it on Tuesday. (laughs) There have been times where I'll put something on knowing it'll make me cry just because I'm in the mood to cry, Mm -hmm. you know, just like to have that release. Um, But yeah, I, part of my whole thing, I think it's actually harder to be optimistic than it is to be cynical. Absolutely. Like so much harder. (laughs) And, you know, again, once, once again, my good, wonderful, significant other, Alex, he's a cynic at heart. Oh, absolutely. He is, he is a true cynic. And it's so, you know, that I mean that's part of why we play off each other so well and you know there is like an opposite opposites attract kind of thing cuz you know, he'll say something I'm like that is the most cynical jaded shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I'm sure I've said shit where he's like that is the corniest thing I've ever heard in my sure. life. But ha- having lived in a very cynical place and then having switched that stuff around and become in a you know an optimist like embracing it right because you know at the end of the day i've always been an optimist but there was a long period of time where i was like no you should be a cynic but it's like out of oh you're being realistic you know mm-hmm. like it oh you know you shouldn't get your hopes up about this thing because the more realistic thing to happen is that you're going to be disappointed but that's right. really just talking circles into talking yourself down yeah about having hope at all well and it's also like to some extent it's two sides of the same coin yeah it's like you need a little bit of it you don't want to be too optimistic or too cynical too soon, but, yeah but i also think it is like this might be dumb but like cynicism's in right now I, joey i was like, literally <laughs> i've been thinking about that a lot lately cynicism is fashionable it is so fashionable because i see it in tv all the time and alex and i were talking about um just how we're both really tired of seeing stuff on tv of just like cynical assholes who are over everything who just like don't care about stuff there (laughs) there are like literally like 10 shows starring a single person in their like 30s where they're just like sad about the world and they live in a big city yeah there's more than (laughs) one on hbo i can think of yeah and it's like we don't we don't need this city. No, it's so not interesting. Like, you want someone to try hard at something. Right. You want someone to root for. Mm-hmm. But I don't... And that's specifically to TV. But I also think just in general, there's there's so many people that, like, t- to be fair, we are in a pursuit of a very difficult career. That's what I was going to say. But it's like, if you go on Twitter, I will, I'll have times where I just, like, don't... I'll stop going on. It's mm-hmm. like everyone... Like, well, now it's more political, and to some yeah. extent, it's a good thing. Yeah. But if we're excluding that kind of stuff, there's so much cynicism about any, like, movie that comes out, new mm-hmm. show, anyone says something, like a slip of the tongue, and they're yeah. just like, you know, people yeah. lay into them. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. No, there's a lot of negativity, and it's toxic. Like, one of the reasons that I... I'm kicking my roommate out is because she's just so negative and like like I said I have mental illness and I get very um 
uh, I'm very influenced by what's happening around me. Sure. So if I'm living with somebody who can't get a job and is depressed all the time and just smokes weed and plays video games all day, like that's going to bring me down to Mm -hmm. dog. And I, but quickly, (laughs) I think there is a small, and I, I don't know your roommate, so Uh, she's the worst. Uh, Okay. So I can, (laughs) yeah, that's what I'm getting. Uh, I'm sensing that. But like, if you just flip the switch of like, you're struggling to find a job, but you find enjoyment in smoking weed and playing Mm. video games. And instead of, being down on yourself about it you instead think of it as like i'm privileged enough to not be stressed about work mm-hmm. i have the ability to afford video games and can afford weed and can like choose to do these things because mm-hmm. that's kind of a life i'm living right now yeah. it's like oh yeah i have video games and i like to play them and it makes me happy yeah. so i do it you know like there, i don't there's it's n- just a quick perspective yeah. change there's nothing wrong with that it's when it gets into a place of um being dependent on weed to get through the day being dependent on video games to keep you literally alive like being super codependent like the codependency is what was really bringing me down Mm. too like i mean i was i was really just like it was an emotional burden and Mm. i kind of had to put my foot down because this had been going on for months and i kind of had to put my foot down eventually and be like listen you need to either change your behavior and that she's the one that really needs the yeah perspective change. perspective change yeah. or you can find someplace else to mm-hmm. live i honestly thought that she was gonna go with my plan because <laughs> it was a good plan uh-huh. um but she decided no i'm gonna move out so that's her choice and everything but you know i've lived like that i've wallowed in my own depression i've given way to my own anxiety i still do that but i've also learned a lot and applied a lot of tools that i've learned over over time to get into that positive sure place and to allow myself to be optimistic about stuff yeah well and also like correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. but you've you've expressed your mental illness to uh like get a diagnosis for to be able to go this is specifically what is affecting me. Mm-hmm. I'll take medication for it or choose to fight it in a different way. That in itself is being like, I'm aware of this thing. I know how it affects me, but I'm choosing to not let it control my life. Yes. And that in itself is an optimistic view yeah. on mental illness. Like yeah. That's a healthy way to deal with it. Yeah. You really have to want to recover, to be honest. Because oh, I'm sure. I know plenty of people who are just content to complain all day and blame everything on the fact that they're depressed or have anxiety or something Mm. like that. I understand the struggle. I have bipolar disorder and I have anxiety and I deal with that stuff, but it really is so much. Someone made money. Ooh, hey, Hey. cha-ching. It wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Um, It's a, it really, it's a lot of hard work to see the bright side of things and to see the glass half full. And part of that, I think, I give credit to the fact that I do really want to recover and stick in recovery. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I had to kick my roommate out because sure. it was jeopardizing my recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, it's constant work. I feel like recovery in general is constant work, but also having the positive attitude to go with it is also a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, for example, I was having this like anxiety problem. Um, I was catastrophizing an issue that was really, really, really small. Sure. And I could feel myself spiraling. And 
after you know I'd cleared everything up and it wasn't catastrophe at all and everything was fine I was like what did I learn from this you should have stepped in <laughs> should have said Caitlin you don't know if the situation is like this mm -hmm. you can't read the future you can't get yourself worked up over things like that yeah. because you're not a mind reader you don't know and hey the best way to resolve this issue is just to communicate with the person that I was like yeah. having an issue with and once I did that and everything was completely fine I was like why were you worrying about that so much yeah but, but see like you took a situation pulled yourself out of it mm -hmm. saw it went hey this is what went wrong and it won't happen again and if it does, you'll go, oh, this is why it's happening. Remember that other time this yeah. happened? And that's what I love about optimism because you, if you, as long as you're learning from everything, it's like, I've gotten through that before and I was fine. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going through a breakup or a really hard time or something like that, if you tell yourself, hey, you know what? This fucking sucks right now. This hurts a lot. Mm -hmm. But, hey, you've done it before and you were able to move past it. It feels bad now, but it's not always going to feel bad. But you know you're going to be done with it. And it's you're going to move on, and it's going to be... Yeah. You know, it. I find that cynics are just so like, oh, nothing ever works out, so like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know, and it's like so cool to be like, fuck it, whatever. Like, I love Mark Maron, but I can only watch his <laughs> show for so long before. I'm like... I am, am suicidal now because it's like, how can you have such a fucking like sad, yeah. depressed? And good outlook for you because most world. people can't make it through a show at all. <laughs> I like him. It's He's like, just... hey, Louis did it better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and again, it's because I'm with so many comedians too. I, it funny people in general, like I yeah. think, are the most susceptible to just being complete cynics about everything Absolutely. well it could be tough too like because i'm specifically in the world of improvs there's a lot of big characters yeah. like weird choices <laughs> like let's be silly like musical improv and there's a lot of opportunity to be like this is fucking stupid and like there are a lot of times where i have to you know choose to be like no this is good I, you know good for them for trying you know yeah. it's it's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe me. I I did um, improv Olympic in Chicago, and I was around a lot of that. And mm -hmm. like, you can kind of also tell between the the fakers who are just like, you know, trying to get something from you, yeah. and the people who genuinely are like, no, this is like, this is, look how cool is it that we all get to have fun together? Mm -hmm. That's what I don't know. That I just like to to find the the flip side of things instead of like being like, oh, we're all a bunch of fucking like losers. Look at us, like this weird, stupid thing we do. And it's like, no, but we're all having fun doing this weird thing that we yeah, do. Yeah, let's enjoy the fact that we can do this. Or... Yeah, like when people are embarrassed of their own interests, I'm like, don't mm -hmm. be embarrassed. I mean, I have fucking weird ass interests, and I'll talk about them ad nauseum, because it makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, who cares? You know? Right. Well, and that, like, I've talked about this on here before, but, like, I started a podcast about talking about things you like that people don't, like, yeah. trying to be like, oh, this is something good. Let's talk, like, because I've had people pitch, like, here's something that, like, a movie that does not hold up. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. It's so easy to just, like, hate on something. Plus, like, there's already super popular podcasts about bad movies yes. and how they got made. Yes. Uh, I was listening <laughs> to it earlier today. That's great. Like, that's yeah. fun. But it's, like, I think... I've said this many times, but to hear someone talking about something they're passionate about or that they really care about is always enjoyable. Yes. You could listen to anyone talk about anything as long as they believe in it and care about it. Yeah. And it's not 
politically terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. As long as you're not could... like, well, the thing about I really yeah. liked about Mein Kampf was like, blah, <laughs> right. blah, blah. It's like, no. in the last few months. <laughs> yeah. Gotta throw that disclaimer at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But overall, it's just like, it's, I like a positive energy. And like, yeah. there's always a place to make fun of something. Of course. There's always like, that's fine at times. But it, yeah, it always feels like the easy joke. It always feels, I don't know. Yeah. But I definitely appreciate an optimistic viewpoint, especially with like conflict resolution, Mm -hmm. dealing with personal issues. Like Mm -hmm. this is, I'm going to tell you this. I've told many people this. This is like (laughs) something I discovered that I think about all the time because it, I love it. And any sort of conflict, any sort of issue, problem, thing, social, anything, I will always go like, the only thing I control is myself. Yes. So in any situation, I will break it down to like, well, what can I do? Mm -hmm. If someone's mad at me, Mm-hmm. I can't make them not mad at me. I can choose to ignore it. I can apologize. I can reach out, whatever. But yeah. like, if you focus on what you can do, it's changes, brilliant. Yeah. Changes everything. Yeah. It's a whole different perspective. Yeah. And that also then turns things into like, okay, well, this is not a me problem. Like, clearly, like, I mean, it's, sometimes it is a me problem. But something that I've also realized with anxiety at least is like if I'm hyper focusing on like oh what does this person think about me or like did I fuck this up because I said something weird and blah 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 like those are kind of the things that I used to really dwell on and I still struggle with that I think it's just a bad habit that Mm -hmm. needs to be broken but um you know I'm like you know what they're probably not stressing about the thing that I'm stressing about they've completely forgotten about it so like calm down everything's good with them Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the situation Oh, it was dumb. Move on. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it, it, I feel like with optimism, it's like you really just got to talk yourself out of feeling so cynical about things. And that's mm. why I feel like optimists, like, uh, not. I feel like optimism gets this rap of being like something that like stupid people are really into. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you're too bushy eyed or like bright eyed and bushy tailed. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, bushy eyed. Uh, <laughs> You know, I said, like, I think in, like, pop culture a lot, too. It's, like, the person who's, like, unrealistically optimistic. Yeah. It's, like, what are they doing? They don't understand the world is bad. Oh, they moved to the big city thinking things were really going to work out for them. And then they got killed. (laughs) And then everything that's bad ever happened to them. Yeah. They were too bushy-eyed. Yeah. 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 You're totally right. It is, like, often portrayed as stupid or like unrealistic yeah yeah like if you have any kind of optimism about anything it's people immediately want to tear that down Mm -hmm. and be like well did you think about this bad thing that could happen it's like bitch yeah i have considered that a bad thing could happen but i've also considered that a good thing could happen right why aren't we talking about how great something could be Mm -hmm. and then that sort of goes hand in hand with being emotionally vulnerable i think because it's like i'm so willing to put myself out there and to talk about my feelings and be open to as many people as possible and yeah sometimes that has really blown up in my face Mm -hmm. i've lost friends because of it i've had to cut people out of my life because of it but like i said i always learn something and also it's just it feels better to live a life where you're giving yourself more shots and more opportunities mm-hmm. to be happy about something. Yeah. And it like, it doesn't necessarily mean you're happy all the time. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean like you're, you know, just like overly joyous and exactly. singing songs to yourself. Yeah. But it is like, I'm choosing to look at the bright side of things. Yeah. Letting things go. If a problem occurs, like I'm sure you're not like 
wallowing over these friends you've had to cut out of your lives. Like, yeah, they're better off without. Who cares? They're doing their own thing. Yeah. If you're thinking too much about it, you know they're not. You know, it's a whole. And I think a lot of this, I just wrote this down, but like so much stems from like fear of the unknown. Yes. There's always like. And I think that ties back into my thing of like, if you just focus on what you can control, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about the unknown. Because a problem arises and you deal with it in the ways that you can. Mm -hmm. You can't control what happens. You just control your outlook on it. If you worry about what's happening right now, you're not worrying about the past or the future. Exactly. And it's really hard to stay present. I think Mm -hmm. that's something that everybody struggles with. Oh, big time. I don't think I've met somebody who's like constantly just like, yes, I am with you. Except maybe like the Dalai Lama. Like that's probably his gig is like constantly being present. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, yeah, staying present is the best way to do that. And and for me, something I, I started having existential crises when I was like 11. Like I can clearly remember being in my canopy bed that didn't have a canopy. Like, you know, <laughs> like it was just, a, you know, the four posts and just like laying in my twin size bed at night. Just like staring at the ceiling. 11 years old. 11. Just Wait, being like. You had a four post twin size bed? <laughs> yeah. So like, like a really big crib. Yeah, it was like a little princess. You know, I was eleven. Yeah, but I, like a like a, a canopy bed is usually a square. I feel like yeah, in my head. yeah. But a twin bed's good. like really. <laughs> it narrow, was narrow right? and it had four posts. <laughs> That's weird. I wanted to hang something on it, but it didn't. You know, whatever. I can't believe I'm getting clocked for my twin size canopy bed, but <laughs> <Sorry>. deserved. <laughs> well <Got> deserved. A, <laughs> a mental image of very much so a crib, but like bigger with no. I mean, I. <laughs> I didn't even think of it as a crib. That's so funny. (laughs) But I do remember sitting there just staring up and being like, I'm going to die. Everybody I love is going to die. I don't know what happens after we die. I am freaking out. And that has been going on for... Like, once you become aware of that, you're just like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, it doesn't go away. And if you don't have, I, like, I would have loved to have been raised in a religious household. I was going to ask if you were religious at all. Nope. Or... Okay. I was raised by... Wolves. Wolves, yeah. No, my mother was a Catholic, but she never goes to church. And she just mm-hmm. kind of believes with, like, believes whatever everybody else believes in the room at the time. Sure. Know? The secret. <laughs> <laughs> Her secret is she just agrees with everybody. Oh, gotcha. That's a good secret. <laughs> yeah. Like when we're having political debates, it's like she's just like, uh-huh. Mm. Oh, but that's a good point, too. Like she just doesn't have an affiliation. My sure. dad is a hardcore atheist. Okay. He went to Catholic school and it fucked him up. And mm-hmm. so now he like hates God <laughs> and hates sure. religion. Uh-huh. And I grew up in a very, very, very conservative, very religious town. So mm-hmm. I felt like a fish out of water because everybody was like, oh, I'm going to go have fun at church. And like, I can't wait to see all my church friends. And like yeah. my mom's like, you know, minister over at Willow Creek or whatever. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh man. Willow Creek. <laughs> yeah. Willow Not Creek. a church I know, but sounds just like a church. <laughs> oh, uh, my high school graduation was at Willow Creek. It is a mega church. It's like, uh-huh. it's creepy, but that's how, that's how present like church and God was. Yeah. And I was, I had all these friends who just like weren't worrying about it. Because they're like, I've got a place in heaven. Like, it's all going to be dope. Mm-hmm. Me, whereas I was like, what heaven are you talking about? Because the one in the Bible is ridiculous. Like, that's, we all made that up. Like, why? And, but I, I was envious that, like, they had something to believe in. Sure. Because, like, doesn't that take the sting away of mm-hmm. mortality is to think, like, it doesn't matter because I've got a thing going on in heaven. Like, sure. it's going to be a party. Everything is cool. 
I will quickly say I am yeah. religious. Oh, just so you? you know. Oh, as we say, we made this all up. Uh, I'm a Christian. Really? I do not attend church. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a personal relationship with my man JC. I like it. Uh, it's great. It's, well, you have to admit the Bible, like we wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think they claim yeah. anyone else did mm-hmm. other than Jesus. Uh, believe me, I the people that I went to school with are like the Bible was written by God. Like that is God's word. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. There is like a, I definitely have a comfort of like, oh yeah, like I know what happens in the afterlife. Yeah. I have a belief in that. It's And nice. to some extent it's just, I mean, even just as like a road marker, mm-hmm. like a lot of the Christian faith outside of where the church comes from or like different denominations, but like a lot of just like, yeah, be a good person, like have faith, yeah. like having faith is literally being optimistic yeah like that phrase yes. have faith means like hey you know it'll be okay yeah and have it's faith. a nice presence to have in your life like i've kind of i i don't consider myself religious at all but i do consider myself spiritual because sure. i do feel like wow we don't know anything like we have very very minimal understanding of the universe mm-hmm. and when I used to have these existential crises about like there nothing happens after we die like there's nothing there can't be anything we have no proof of anything mm-hmm. I- I've heard you know stories of people who died on the table and then like came back to life and they're like I saw nothing there was nothing you know but you also hear the people of like oh I saw a tunnel but then it's like oh maybe there's confirmation bias like one person saw a tunnel and now we all see tunnels sure you know mm-hmm. and that used to plague me but I really have now embraced, I think agnosticism also is like inherently an optimistic sort of take on mm-hmm. things because it's like, I don't know either way. Sure. So I can like not worry about it. That I yeah. think that's what agnosticism aims for. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably yeah. aims for. I think a lot of people are like, I don't know. So fuck it. Like, I'm just going to like, Ugh. you yeah, know, exactly. But for me, like I, I went to the eclipse um in wyoming right and it was beautiful i had a whole like moment i was crying like i was with people that i loved and i was thinking like we are all so lucky there is so much love in the universe and that's undeniable Mm -hmm. there is intelligent life out there statistically there can't be it's impossible if we have if the universe has like replicated itself in us seven billion times just us as people that's Mm -hmm. not counting animals which animals love my cats love me. I know that they do. Elephants love each other like so much. Elephants are so, oh my God, they have so many feelings and they love so much. I read a story about a goat um, that became friends with a dog and the goat's dopamine levels like skyrocketed like 200%. Like Holy the goat, shit. like, or it was um, Where oxytocin. Where is this going? Oxytocin. No, no, no. It's oxytocin. That's what it was. Like the love, uh-huh. you know, chemical oxytocin. Like, the universe has given us this ability to love each other and to love things. And and it's not just us. It's also these creatures. So there's all of this love just, like, emanating from this universe or from our planet and from people. Like, all the love that I was experiencing with all of these people at the same exact time looking at this totality for two and a half minutes. That just gives me a lot of hope because, yes, there's, like, horrible shit happening in the world. But I think love really does prevail Mm -hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, okay, that has to be happening in other places too. Like if we were able to come together and become people 
then there's got to be other planets where there are other organisms that have just like happened and they probably have the capacity to love too if we've been given the capacity so i feel like there's so much stuff out there that i don't understand but i do know that love is out there and that i'm very lucky to be able to spend time with people that i love and to like things like just the fact that i get to like stuff and talk Mm -hmm. about it like that's so fun and cool right absolutely (laughs) you know and so that gives me comfort and that's sort of my religion you could say because i just personally am like i I think something's going to happen after I die. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. I don't think... Obviously, nobody understands it, and the only way to find out is to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel a lot better now thinking, like, why can't I just be optimistic about death? Yeah. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier to be alive. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so that's what I was always, like, envious of with the with people who are religious and who like are definitely like yes i'm gonna like rock it with jc like that is going to be lit uh-huh. like i love that because then it's like you don't have that pressure of like oh yeah oh like constant f- fear of your own mortality and i i feel really lucky that i've found that kind of optimism without having to like um have some sort of like a religious awakening or something sure. like i just like got to that point of like I am, I don't know anything. I'm like Mm -hmm. very, we're a sliver. We're so teeny tiny. And I think that's another thing is when people look up at the stars, they end up feeling very small. And that's like the cynical outlook of the universe is feeling small and Mm -hmm. alone. But the optimistic view of it is like, wow, I'm part of this huge living thing that continues to expand. And we have all these theories about where we even are in the universe. Like there's a theory that we, that our universe is inside a black hole. Cause we don't know what the fuck happens after you cross the event horizon of a black hole. Yeah. Who knows? We don't know. We're trying to figure it out. And if our human understanding is so minimal, then like, dude, there's a really cool chance that like after I die, something cool is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's a better outlook on things. Like a goat and a dog becoming <laughs> friends like, with you. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. No, but like that's incredible. I know. And the you know the it's kind of there is a little like tinge to it, like a tinge of sadness, like a bittersweetness because the dog also had feelings of love for the goat, but it only increased like forty percent. Oh. <laughs> Whereas the goat increased like two hundred percent. And I was like, I feel you, goat. <laughs> I feel that. And the goat's like, let's move in together. The dog's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) It's only been a few months. Exactly. I'm like, I relate to this goat on a deep, deep level. The goat's like, why do you, or the dog's like, why do you need my phone password? (laughs) The goat's like, let me look at your emails. (laughs) That's all right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think just like living my life with, with that in mind just really calms me down too. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely like a healthy outlook. Yeah. It's a good way to live your life. Yeah. And it is like, I don't think about my death ever. I literally never think That's about That's so it. nice. It's great. <laughs> uh, it's very privileged, but mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, it is a choice to not let it be something that wears me down. Yeah. The only thing I'd be boned about is like, there's more stuff I wish I could. If I died today, I'd be like, well, I wish there was more stuff I could have got done. Yeah. Yeah. But I also waste a lot of time. Uh, but I enjoy that time. So like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But that's it's your time and you're doing with it what you please. Yeah. And if it makes you happy, then like hell yeah. Just I the thing too, like going back to not necessarily your roommate, but just like playing video games, that kind of stuff. Like as long as you enjoy the stuff you're 
doing, the things mm. you're doing to waste your time, then it's not wasted time. Exactly. Sure. Like the biggest thing that plagues me, and it, I wish I could shed this habit, is whenever I'm doing one thing, I always think about the other things I should also mm-hmm. be doing, even when it's like something motivated and like a career move or something. Yeah. I'm still like thinking about the other stuff, and part of me is like, I should have gone to music school or like you know just like other <laughs> things like going like different paths. And like, but at the same time, I always catch myself and go like, "Well, you like what this choice is that you're making, so just enjoy that, and then do those later. Yeah, there will be time. And if not, you'll be dead, and I'll be fine." Yeah, it's also a matter of like catching yourself in those moments and reminding yourself, like, "Oh, you're thinking about this other stuff. Like, quick regroup, get back in the moment." Yeah, and that's something I learned through cognitive behavioral therapy. I think that that has also been like I think everybody should go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be in therapy. Sure. <laughs> and because uh, I talk to people all the time who aren't in therapy, and I'm like, this would really benefit you. Let me tell you something that you yeah. can like do real quick. Sure. But it's all about catching your thoughts in the moment and being like, how can I reframe the way I'm looking at this thing? It really mm-hmm. is about changing your perspective. Um, so uh, you know, if I'm having again, like if I was having that. If I had properly used my CBT techniques yesterday, I could have stopped myself in that moment and been like, you are looking at this from a very anxious and negative perspective. You're not a mind reader. Mm -hmm. You're probably reading context into something that isn't there. In my defense, it was with somebody, it's an interpersonal issue with somebody who is a very emotionally closed off. Sure. JP style. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that can be very complicated because when when you're communicating with someone who doesn't communicate as much back, like it's really easy to start reading into like text messages or things that you're like, why is this person, is this person trying to tell me something? Is this person trying to not tell me something? Mm-hmm. What does this mean? And then that spirals my anxiety out of control. And I'm just like, girl, calm down. This is probably nothing. Like, Whatever that person is talking about, probably they don't even realize that, like, you're freaking out over this stupid Mm -hmm. thing right now. So, like, reframe, take a moment, take a breath in. How can I handle this? Mm -hmm. Take charge. Take charge of the situation. Have faith. Uh And, uh, and, you know, things will work out. And that's the other thing, too, I always come back to is, like, damn, if things don't work out for me in the way that I hope that sucks that's a big bummer but i've gotten through bummers before and i'll get through them again Mm -hmm. i've done it before and that's the thing like even if a bad outcome comes you already have the optimistic outlook of i've done this before Mm -hmm. and i think it's a thing too where like if life throws you any curveball god forbid but like sickness or loss like any like major thing you can go like I've made it through bad things before. Mm-hmm. I can make it through bad things again. Exactly. Because unfortunately, the lives we have while we're here, like bad things happen, terrible things happen. Yep. And we're all gonna get hit with something similar to that. We're all going, you know, yeah. going to the grave. Yeah. So it is a thing of just like enjoy while you're here. Be be present. Be able. Just have faith in yourself to be able to get through bad times. Yeah. It, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's a brave choice. <laughs> no, I think it's... Uh, it's definitely not the easy choice. It's not. And I think it gets a bad rap. And I think that people think that they're smarter if they're cynical or are, you know, better than certain people if they have a certain, you know, kind of like 
yeah like cynical outlook yeah, it's on cool. things. it's so cool and hip to be cynical mm-hmm. um you know it's it's like where the where the tv shows about people who like enjoy being with each other yeah. and like like each other and like things hey remember that show everyone loved about friends <laughs> uh, and it was on forever uh, we all liked that one yeah remember? what happened to that they were all friends <laughs> and their squabbles were fine yeah. <laughs> like not through them all <laughs> they had a monkey or something the th- the funny thing about friends and it actually came up in my african-american contemporary studies class with that professor that i saw she mm. was like on the one hand it offended me in the sense that I could not believe that these people were in New York City and did not meet a single black person. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, those all seem like white people that would never meet any black people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, there you go. She was yeah. like, so it seemed accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was like, uh, so, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think um, uh what else I Ross. have to say about this? Ross. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, no, 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 no. Ross That's is not the worst. Um, I was thinking, um, oh, like, I feel better right now than I did when we started. Oh, yay. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, things are, like, good. Yeah. Yeah. This is fine. Look outside. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous outside. <laughs> I've been looking outside, and I'm I like, know, it's I so nice. I opened that window on purpose so you oh, can look outside. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Um. I wrote down The Secret earlier, <laughs> which I've never read. I don't know anything about The Secret. I believe be The Secret is that thing where you like, like a vision board mm. of like, if you have a clear goal in mind, you will like kind of subconsciously work towards it. Mm. Okay. Do you believe in that? I, I actually do this really silly thing and I know that it's silly and I acknowledge it, but it makes me feel better. Yes. Where if I'm passing through an intersection and the light turns yellow as I'm about to go through it. You run it. (laughs) Well, I run it, Uh but it's for noble reasons. (laughs) I make a wish. I kiss my fingers, put them on the ceiling Mm -hmm. of the car and I put it out into the universe and I think maybe that nice thing will happen. (laughs) Interesting. And sometimes it does. And I'm not like, think like, oh, my like positive thoughts that I put out there like made this thing happen. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, felt really good to want that and then to actually get it mm-hmm. like that felt really great sure so um do you ever like have backlogged wishes and be like come on i gotta hit a yellow light. <laughs> gotta get one soon. when i see a yellow light i'm like yes i'm gonna make this wish <laughs> finally because <laughs> you know what and here's the thing too going back to like stuff that i don't know about the universe and why i choose to stay optimistic i have a family friend and she is like actually not i don't want to say psychic but she like knows things that Mm -hmm. i I have not been able to explain that is not what i thought you were gonna say (laughs) (laughs) like she knew my grandfather's last words and told my mother that she heard them and my mother was like excuse me whoa yeah and it wasn't like my grandfather said like i love all of you you know like Mm -hmm. he he asked where his teeth were because he had dentures and he he was asking where's my teeth Uh uh-huh and this woman, her name's Mary, and she's Polish. Um, she was like, Cindy, Cindy, 
I heard something from your father. And she was like, what? Something from my father? And she said, she, he needs his teeth. He wants to know where his teeth are. And we were, and she was like, are you fucking kidding me? And my mom wow. is like, my mom is very much willing to believe in like ghosts and mm-hmm. things like that. And the, Based on what you said about her earlier. Yeah. <laughs> she's, sure, ghosts, yeah. Uh-huh. She's super willing to just be like, oh, it's haunted. I know it is. Like, she's been in spaces where she's like, I can feel a presence. And I'm like, bullshit. But also part of me is like, well, I don't know. Maybe there is a, like not ghosts as we want to perceive them, but like mm-hmm. some sort of energy or some kind of information that we just can't comprehend. You know, sure. like we can't explain ghosts, but we also can't not explain ghosts. Right. Um, and I used to be very like Mary. This thing is Mary's been telling me I'll get a boyfriend since I was like 15. And it's still it, she's like, you get boyfriend, you get boyfriend soon. And I'm like, no, it's mm-hmm. you're you're wrong every time. <laughs> yeah. But when she's right about things, it's she's really fucking right. uh-huh. weird because she had a, she told me something was going to happen and it didn't make sense beforehand. Nothing that she said made sense. Mm-hmm. And then after it happened, I was like, whoa everything that she just that she'd said made sense now because it was like you're gonna meet this person this person's gonna help you make something you're gonna have the same hands you're gonna have the same eyes like weird shit like that and then it was sounds like a nightmare i know it does (laughs) but then it was like then it turned out that it was like oh i like met someone in a specific setting and they did help me make something we were both wearing gloves and goggles like oh right and (laughs) <laughs> what are you making a chemical it, <laughs> it's i'm not gonna get into it okay, well, sounds weird. It, 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 well because if i get into it i'm gonna end up having to tell the whole story okay. and that's like i don't even want to get into it sure. publicly but um it was so fucking weird and that's kind of when i really started like questioning things again of mm-hmm. like my worldview and i've gotten increasingly more optimistic as i've aged and i feel like for a lot of people that actually the other way around (laughs) yeah and um and yeah so her having like being able to know this thing that's like so there's no way to to understand it you know it just it harkens back to something that i always think about i love carl sagan i have a tattoo on my leg on my thigh of the golden record that he designed that's on voyager Mm -hmm. one and two cool um and a quote he something that he said was um, absence of proof isn't proof of absence and that is something that I think about a lot so just because you don't have proof so, proof of something doesn't mean that that thing doesn't exist oh yeah so that's just really wrapped my brain around right <laughs> well because yeah. there's that whole debate in the scientific community most scientists are atheists and are like sure. there's no empirical proof of God mm-hmm. like even Neil deGrasse Tyson he'll go on about how like beautiful the stars are and then he'll say some fucking nihilistic shit about like how we're a bunch of you know nothing and Mm. I'm just like oh come on man like that bums me out but Carl Sagan I think is much more he had a more optimistic view of the universe as well sure I think that's he was very much positive about that stuff Mm. um and so you know I I don't have any proof that Mary is a psychic, but I also don't have any proof that she's not a psychic. Right. And she's done some weird-ass shit that makes me think, you know what, maybe there's something happening. Uh-huh. And so I think, yeah, maybe she's a psychic. Like, that's pretty cool. I would love to know how you met Mary, because she sounds like a person that puts a curse on you after you <laughs> steal an apple <laughs> off her cart. She was actually the nanny of our neighbors, and then she would come over to my my house, and she would talk to my mother but while she was talking she'd be cleaning and then she started just cleaning the whole house and then we were like mary we have to pay you 
you can't just clean our house for free. Right. And she was like, okay, I do. And that was it. And so, but she's like a close family friend, but she also used to clean our house. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Wait, she'd come over and then just start cleaning your house? Yeah. That's she'd, very weird. I know. She'd like hang out and she'd be like, I'm hanging, like I'm here with Cynthia and Cynthia and I are talking and blah, blah, blah. And then like, you know, while she's talking, she just starts tidying up the dishes. And, sure. You know, then she just starts, you know, doing the, the, uh, countertop like cleaning that stuff off and then she's like no no no, i do i do i do <laughs> and then you know she's cleaned the whole kitchen all of a sudden right. she's like i keep doing you know and so we're just like okay mary if you want to like be over here <laughs> cleaning like we're gonna pay you money because sure. you're doing work that's nice yeah <laughs> so <laughs> good <laughs> interesting all right yeah, yeah that, that makes sense i guess but yeah based off your uh, impression of her I was like wow <laughs> interesting friendship I right? would love to know <laughs> we have her over at Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff oh, yeah nice. she's she's really weird and she fucking knows shit it's really wild and so that uh, that's the optimist in me as well where I'll be like mom listen I know that Mary has been wrong about a lot of stuff but could you ask her maybe what she thinks of this situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like could I get that's like amazing. could you like tell me like maybe if she says anything about like you know whatever this thing is going on in my life especially because last time I saw her again she was like you find the man you find the man and I'm like I don't think so Mary but now I'm like although I do have a question about like this particular man <laughs> Well, that's like that's kind of how I always felt about like the horoscope. Is like I uh, I don't necessarily believe it, mm -hmm. but I had a friend do. I don't know if you listened. There was an early episode of the show where I had a friend on Helen Grossman in front of the show, who's like very into astrology mm. and did like a I think it's called like a natal chart reading. Okay, where that's it's based off. It's your, in my queue. I haven't gotten to it, but. Uh, it's insane because it was a lot of like oh yeah i get like there's some things in here that like really make sense i like get where this comes from mm -hmm. and i mean is it cherry picking thing are you you know are you projecting yourself onto something that they're telling you probably yeah but at the same time like does it hurt to be introspective and think about the things no no, there's no it doesn't hurt at all i've read my horoscope every so often i'm like i have uh, a horoscope no. app on my a phone a lot of people do <laughs> and i think it's i mean it's good to just be self-aware because yeah. it at least gets you thinking like okay well maybe i should change this bad habit or yeah. maybe i should think differently about this relationship it doesn't it hurt it doesn't hurt and i think that if it brings you comfort go for it mm -hmm. and i think that is part of like the negativity towards optimists because it's this idea that we're more willing to believe in something stupid like astrology or something sure but it's it's not who cares if you think it's stupid i don't care if you think it's stupid mm -hmm. i know astrology is you know a thing that we kind of made up to cope with being alive and not understanding the universe but it's fun i love yeah. reading my horoscope who cares and like i did a numerology chart last summer or something and it was kind of dead on for some stuff and then um but it said something I didn't like. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> but then that thing happened. Uh -huh. And I was, I remember when it was, a, I, I got my heart torn to shreds last October. And you I got scared on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I got really scared and I was sad about it uh, and I couldn't eat. <laughs> and I started smoking cigarettes sorry, again. Sorry, that's a make light <laughs> of your situation. No, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was a situation that I got very, very optimistic about. And mm. I was like, oh, so I, I went into this thing thinking like, yes, it's definitely going to work out. Mary said it would. My numerology chart is like pretty on point. But then it said something. Then Mary started saying things that I didn't like. And then mm-hmm. the numerology chart said something I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, Mary's full of shit and numerology is bullshit. And I just mm-hmm. like it because it's like a fun thing to think about. Sure. But then Mary was right about certain things. And also the numerology chart was like, whatever relationship that you're thinking about going into right now is not going to work out. But there is somebody else and they're like right under your nose or something. And then like. And it was Alex. <laughs> it was Alex. <laughs> but it was crazy because. The first person that popped into my head was then that person that I ended up started like having some sort of like romantic entanglement with. Like mm-hmm. it was really weird. Like that thing that I wanted to work out did not work out. And then but then also I started seeing somebody that I immediately was like, "Oh, if it doesn't work out, this person that they're talking about is this guy." And so mm-hmm. it was like super duper weird. And I think about that a lot where I'm like, "My numerology chart like called me out." Mm-hmm. And like I don't know. Of course, it's like some computer-generated program, and you know, it's it's something that I found on the internet, and it's mm-hmm. probably an algorithm. And like, you know, of course, I understand that it's silly, but also, like, what if it's not silly? Mm-hmm. What if it's true? Yeah. What if you don't know? That's the thing. So when people say like, "Oh, well, it's probably not," yeah, well, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> Schooled. Yeah. I got you. That's fair. Yeah. 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 The thing with, uh, like, the horoscope, always be like, really, one-twelfth of the people are having the same <laughs> advice? Also, I think me, Alex, and JP are all the same sign. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, no Libras? You guys yeah. Libras? Yeah. I'm like, there's no way that three of us have, <laughs> like, we have very different perspectives yeah. and backgrounds and viewpoints. Well, you know, confirmation bias is a thing, too. You believe what you want to believe. Right. Um and so yeah i mean so i'm i'm choosing to believe that mary has some sort of weird cosmic connection that i don't understand i choose to believe that my little wishes out into the universe maybe have some sort of positive Mm -hmm. effect on me i've had periods of time where i'm like everything that's happening right now is too crazy to be a coincidence it's just too crazy Mm -hmm. i I've experienced things in my life where I'm like, I don't think that this was a coincidence. Do I think it's a God watching over me being like, yes, I am determining your fate. Do I think, do you think that? No, not, not me personally. Sure. It's a great answer. And if people are like jiving with that, like that feels good to feel like you're being taken care of by God. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. do that. You do you girl. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it's been harder to find that sort of comfort. And what I have found is like, again, by accepting, like, I don't, I don't know things, but when things line up in a way that freak me out and where I'm like, no, I'm meant to be in this place at this time. Why else would this be happening if it weren't for a reason? Mm -hmm. And I think there's maybe some sort of other dimension that I don't know, or some sort of parallel like universe or something like i i'm obsessed with quantum physics and quantum mechanics okay. <laughs> and that stuff really calms me down and i think about all this stuff that um you know like 
the fact that like light can be a wave and particles at the same time and the the smaller you get the smaller you try to understand things the bigger there's like there's the heisenberg uncertainty principle where it's like if you try to find the movement of elect of an electron it's going to be harder to find like where it's where you think it's going to end up but if you try to predict where it's going to end up then it's harder to see the movement like it's really difficult and I, it's hard to understand quantum mechanics is I literally look at stuff about it like almost every single day at work and I'm like I don't get it but I mm. really want to and I want to grasp you know I want to have a grasp of this stuff if the smartest people on the whole planet are like we don't know what this means mm -hmm. <laughs> like even quantum physicists they're like if you understand quantum physics you're lying um, then I don't think it's like crazy and out there to be like maybe there is some intelligent species that's like way more advanced than we are and there's like you know has some sort of say in things mm -hmm. like there's just like not a particular one entity excuse me entity like a god but maybe just a more advanced prometheus yeah like a prometheus kind of mm -hmm. thing exactly like I, statistically mathematically all of that stuff there's other intelligent life out there and i think we're all reaching for each other and I think that's really beautiful because we're reaching out there trying to find other intelligent mm -hmm. life. So who's to say that whatever else out there, like we're all just trying to connect. And I think that's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's very nice. Yeah. It's a nice outlook to have. I think, um, before we wrap up, mm -hmm. if anyone is listening to this <laughs> and they're like, I'm kind of pessimistic. I kind of get down. They maybe they put this on. Cause like, Oh, that's like an interesting topic. Like what, what, like what would be like some baby steps advice you would give to someone who's like, struggling with? Yeah, not necessarily like depression or anxiety, yeah. but like oh, like I could maybe afford some like positivity, optimism. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think my advice would be something along the lines of like what I said earlier about like taking like finding what you can do in a situation. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any like words of wisdom? Or sound bites. I, yeah, let me see. I would say that, um, you know, it, I mean, it does come down to the debate of like, do you see the glass as half empty or half full? Like, I mm -hmm. think at the, at its root, that's sort of like the choice that you're going to make is like, do I see it as half empty or do I see it as half full? If you can commit to even admitting that it could be half full, I think that's a step in the right direction just yeah. to be because when you're a glass half empty person all you're focusing on is the fact that it's glass half empty yeah if you take a moment to be like or it could be half full mm -hmm. then you're opening yourself up to the possibility of like yeah the glass is half full <laughs> mm -hmm. or even finding like some sort of silver lining of like well maybe this is bad or yeah but at least something else is going well yeah or... i always learn something from my mistakes mm -hmm. and even if i make the same mistake again mm -hmm. i learned something from that as well Is like why did you want to make this mistake again mm -hmm. oh because i was feeling this way i was feeling that way and i decided to go with what feels good in the moment instead of looking out at my like long-term happiness mm -hmm. and now i know how to avoid that sure you know like if if you get caught up in all the bad stuff that's happening to you at the moment, you're just going to stay focused on that and mm -hmm. stay in that place. Yeah. If you take a second to be like, or I don't know the future, 
all I know is what's happening right now. All I know is that the past has happened. It's over. I've learned something from it. What can I do now to Mm -hmm. stay on top of all of this? Yeah. And I think part of it is changing your perspective. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It takes a lot of work to change your outlook on shit. I've been doing it for years. I still slide back into like, you know, cynical mode of like, oh, this always happens to me. Why do I always do this? But that's black and white thinking and yeah. black and white thinking doesn't get you anywhere exactly <laughs> i like too that like it i mean it kind of goes without saying but like clearly you have interest in scientific thought and mm-hmm. like breaking things down into mathematics or data but also like the kind of ethereal like optimism yeah. they're very like two different worlds but to bring them together yeah that's a smart way of thinking yeah i think it can be disparate you think of somebody who's really optimistic and spiritual and all that stuff and then you think about like hardcore science and that like they can't mix or whatever but i find comfort and spirituality in math and science like math is the universal language Mm -hmm. like i don't understand it at all i would love to understand math and physics but i do what i can as a lay person but i think the fact that like the, the universe can be broken down into like these variables that we can kind of grasp is amazing in and of itself mm-hmm. like that's a huge feat and so to be stuck on this rock thinking oh well i don't know enough so i might as well just say like fuck it you know what's the point we're on this earth for you know this amount of years and i might as well just like mm. You know, like, <laughs> oh, the only thing that's certain is life is death and taxes. Duh. You know, like mm. a, a good one. Yeah. Like, I think it's so much more interesting and fun and cool to just like have a positive outlook on things. Yeah. Why not? Why not? It feels good. Also, man. I was thinking like you said glass half full. I was thinking like counting your blessings is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also like these are all like cliches and sayings you've heard your entire life yeah other people deal with it and like have chose you know like it's not like something a novel idea yeah it's nothing nothing that i'm saying is new or innovative but but it's out of fashion right now it's out of fashion and um you know when i would be on the internet uh you know commiserating with other like mentally ill people on my little corner on tumblr it got to this point where i was like no none of y'all even want to try to recover at this point like y'all just want to be stuck in that mindset and that's fine but i'm over that i'm done with it like i've fully embraced my optimism and i don't care if people think that you know i'm silly for wanting to believe in something bigger yeah. And believe that the universe is like taking care of me somehow. It's like, oh, well, the universe doesn't care. Well, yeah, but the universe, it doesn't, it's, it, it doesn't have a mind. It's not cognizant. So like it, maybe mm-hmm. there's like a big framework that's happening that I don't understand. You know, maybe it's like interstellar, you know? Sure. <laughs> like, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe so, a um, big old library. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh God, I love interstellar. I could go on and on about that movie. I fucking love it. Um, it's too long, but it is good. <laughs> It's my favorite. Just like the world. Uh. It's too long, but it's good. Um, Thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Do you have um, anything you want to plug? Just my own podcast, Almost Famous. I do it with the love of my life, Alex Fortheit. Fans of the show know him. It's a very fun podcast. (laughs) Um, And let's see. I mean, I do drag in Highland Park. If you guys, if anyone is interested in bio queen drag. Oh, I actually, 
I have a, an Instagram account for my drag queen uh, character. I'd rather have you follow her than me because <laughs> I'm boring. But it's Crystal underscore Palace underscore Queen because my drag queen name is Crystal Palace. It's nice. It's a good name. Thank you. It's after a vodka. <laughs> Oh, really yeah. shitty vodka I used to drink in college. I was like $10 a handle and it came in a plastic bottle. Nice. That's the good stuff right yeah, there. there. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing worse than cheap vodka. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you can follow the show at IndefensePod. Email at IndefensePod at Gmail. Love to get some feedback on this one. <laughs> really curious on what people are going to think of that. This was, <laughs> but this was really fun. This was longer than normal, but I'm glad we did it. Oh, okay. Um... Oh, friends of the show, Alex Warheit, JP, Helen, uh, all past guests. Uh, thanks for listening. I don't have anything else. <laughs> Me neither. Great. This has been fun. Oh, good. Thanks for doing it. Love you guys. Right, bye. <laughs> bye. You've just listened to In Defense with Joey Bergren. Please rate and subscribe us. It really does help on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. Wow, that's pretty good. Right, great. Podcatcher. What's a creative podcast network?